The following is a broadcast service of Kentucky Wesleyan College and WKWC 90.3 FM. Welcome to the Wesleyan Airway, a show where we get to discuss a myriad of fun topics and meet some really nice and interesting people. And I will tell you today, I am extremely humbled to have Mr. Joel Utley join me on the show. Mr. Utley has been the voice of the KWC Panthers for 61 years. He's a record holder for play-by-play longevity and total games called in college basketball history. Within those games, he has called 12 NCAA basketball championships. He was selected to the Kentucky Wesleyan College Athletic Hall of Fame in 2013, Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame in 2016, the Alumni Hall of Fame in 2021, the National Small College Basketball Hall of Fame Distinguished Lifetime Achievement Award winner in 2021, and is set to be inducted into the Kentucky Broadcaster Association Hall of Fame this coming September. It's hard to introduce a legend. So I know I left much too much out. Joel, thank you so much for joining me on the show and welcome. I'm honored to be here, Mr. President, because uh, you represent a, a strong leader in this community as president of Kentucky Wesleyan College, and you c- come in with outstanding credentials, and the community has adopted you and welcomed you in, and you are doing a magnificent job, and I'm telling you, it's an honor for me to be in the same room with you, well, sir. <laughs> thank you. I've, I've paid you enough then for today's. Uh, <laughs> and, and you, you, you talk about leadership and, and the community, and uh, we were talking a little bit prior to the show that you're only as strong as the people uh, with whom you surround yourself. And I've been extremely lucky to really find a strong, supportive community in, in Owensboro, and you've been a very large part of that. And I, I could not be more happy with what has gone on, even with everything that's happened with COVID and everything going forward my last three years here has been uh, i think just extremely satisfying and fun but we're not here to talk about me so well we should be though well, no no <laughs> you are extremely well known uh but for those who who may have for the last 61 years been living under a rock could you give i always ask my guests to give me a background very short summary of birth to this seat, the way where you are now sitting. Could you do that for us? I'll do it as quickly as I can, sir. (laughs) Born in uh, Madisonville, which is one hour away from here, and uh, grew up in Madisonville, went to uh, the Murray State University after my high school days when I went into the uh, Armory Reserve program and uh, went to Murray State my freshman year transferred to the University of Kentucky for my sophomore year. And then after I had been to the University of Kentucky for a year and a half and had worked at a radio station there, WVLK, um, I thought I thought a bad thing. I thought, shoot, I'm, I'm working in radio here in Lexington. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to work in radio. And so I dropped out of the University of Kentucky and – Went to work full-time for WVLK in Lexington, but that didn't last long because (laughs) a friend of mine at WVLK had a position here in Owensboro, and he was ready to go to WAKY in Louisville. And so I, after talking to him one day on the phone, he said, why don't you apply for this job in Owensboro Mm -hmm. at WVJS, which I did. Came down, got the interview, and uh, loved everything I saw here, and was hired and started here July 1 of 1961. And from that day to this, I've been an Owensboro boy. 
Now that is uh, tremendous. So you started in radio in college. Yes, sir. And how did you get interested in radio? What, what was that draw? Well, let me back up. I actually started in, in high school. Um, um, my, my father and I listened to sports on the radio, and we loved to listen to the St. Louis Cardinal baseball games mm-hmm. on the radio. And we, uh, uh, I grew up listening to Harry Carey with the Cardinals. And I'm telling you, Mr. President, for me, to hear those word pictures come out of that box, yeah. oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my, my mind just envisioned many people in the stands and the excitement of being at the scene. And so I was bitten from the very beginning when we went to those word pictures. Well, And I, and I have to tell you, I love sports myself. I like watching just about any kind of sport. But I enjoy listening to the radio more than I do TV announcers. And uh, the game really just seems to come to life. And I guess what I think of when I, when I hear something on the radio, and, and this is odd because it's actually a movie, but, but Fill the Dreams with Kevin Costner and, and taking you back. But your radio shows really brought to life what was going on in the court. You could envision and see every move. And, and it was actually, I think, much more exciting than trying to watch it on television, just getting your perspective and bringing those ideas to life. So how do you, when you call a game, what, what is going through as you go, as you're doing your play-by-play and calling the, the action? Interesting you should mention that because when I started uh, doing any kind of broadcasting at all, I was a junior in uh, high school in Madisonville High School, and the radio station was just outside the city limits, WFMW, so I had to have a car to get to work. And so I once I got the car and got my foot in the door at WFMW, they put me on the uh, FM station there to uh, run the audio for Chicago White Sox baseball. Mm -hmm. And listening to the White Sox games and, and putting yourself there, certain questions arose in your mind. Is this batter right-handed or left-handed? Is he pulling the ball to the right side of the infield or to the left side. And certain things like that we often take for granted, but the radio listener cannot take that for granted. True. So you have to paint the picture more than just watching it like we do on television. Mm. And uh, the more I listened, not only to the baseball, but to the basketball games, the more I realized that you – must be so very, very, very descriptive. And wow, that, that, <laughs> that took a lot of work because uh, I didn't realize that until I began doing it for on a part-time basis at the Madisonville radio station. And then from there, uh, had the opportunity to go on to Lexington. And ultimately, while I was uh, in uh, Lexington. I had the opportunity to do some high school games for uh, Claude Sullivan at mm-hmm. WVLK. And then when it, the job opened up here, I was just ecstatic because I could do football and we did some baseball, but we did football and basketball primarily on the high school level and Kentucky Wesleyan basketball at that time. So it just evolved for me, but uh, I never st- stopped listening to pick up things from other broadcasters and try to incorporate those in my description of what was going on. And ultimately, 
ultimately, you you finally come up with some things on your own. Well, and, and I think that's great. What you just said is you never stopped listening to others and never stopped trying to pick up pointers. And some of the best advice I was ever given in my life is that you always know about 5% of what you need to know. And if you think you know more than that, you probably know less. But I do have to ask you this question. I know you are uh, a person of the, the highest moral fabric, but you, you talk about baseball, which made me think of Major League. And Bob Euchre was the announcer. And uh, have, you, have you seen the movie? Oh, yes, I have. So when when Wild Thing is just beginning to throw before he gets his glasses (laughs) and he shot this thing up to the top of the top of the backstop and you could go just a bit outside. So for radio (laughs) listeners, that is what it was. Just a bit outside. Have you ever not lied, but sort of pulled in the action a little bit just to not embarrass the home team? Oh, listen. Oh, my goodness. Did I ever? When I, (laughs) I, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I have a tape, uh, a, a reel-to-reel tape, believe it or not, of one of my early broadcasts of basketball. And I'm going to tell you, and this is awful to confess, <laughs> but every shot was every shot out on the floor was a 25-footer. Well, my gracious sakes, you got to learn the dimensions of the floor, man. And, of course, now the, the three-point shot is about 19, nine feet out. And uh, so everything was a 25-footer back then, and that's awful. That's just awful. It wasn't done for any other reason except, you know what? My ignorance. Yeah. That- yeah. <laughs> and uh, so today, if, you, if a guy took a – or a lady took a – 25 footer every time down the floor they'd be sitting they'd be benched on the bench (laughs) either either that or their heroes oh that was awful that was just awful (laughs) awful awful but anyway got through that stage finally and uh felt much better about myself (laughs) and that is that is hilarious but do you ever go back and and listen to your old tapes much i know you got to call some of the uk uh, KWC game and that was wonderful we got to listen yeah. to you doing that and congratulations uh, and that was that was just excellent but do you ever go back and just sort of listen to your, o- occasionally your occasionally I do um, I, I don't I didn't as much as I should have because there were lots of errors that I could have corrected and I still after 61 years, never had the perfect game. <laughs> I tried many times and thought I was going to get it. Let me tell you this one little sidebar. Uh, I, within the last, mm, I'm going to say 10 years maybe, uh, I had a, was broadcasting a Kentucky Wesleyan-St. Joe game from Rensselaer, Indiana. And believe it or not, I had the hiccups the whole game. <laughs> and... I was I had made that trip in my car, so I did. I had, that game was on a cassette, and uh, so I listened uh, in the car on the way home and laughed at myself. <laughs> I don't think it was totally obvious, but because, you knew. <laughs> but I knew, I knew, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, oh what a." Oh, that's what hilarious. an experience what an experience well, I, I taught organic chemistry as a as a professor for many years and it was uh funny i would i would start getting a, a test ready for my students and i'd always sort of give a, a pre-exam to see where what, where their level was located and a couple of times I, I i got their answers back and it's just wholly disappointed and i'm thinking ah, they have to know more than this but i kept all of my exams from undergraduate so on occasion i'd go pull out one of my exams and go 
oh, they're much further ahead than it was I at the time. So, <laughs> I think we can all learn a little from digging into our past. When we, that something. <laughs> <laughs> so of all the games that you've called and all the sports, do you have a favorite? One of the favorites that always comes to mind first when I reflect is the of course, the 1966 National Championship mm-hmm. game against Southern Illinois at uh, Roberts Stadium. Uh, w- w- the team had had a marvelous year, and uh, and they were glad when it was over. But uh, Coach Guy Strong prevailed upon them to accept the NCAA bid, and so reluctantly, I have to say, the team did because they were ready to fold it up. But, but, and then back then in 66, the NCAA tournament for university division and for college division or division one and division two, mm-hmm. as we know it today, wasn't the big deal it is now. And, uh, so our guys basically just looked upon that as an extension of the season. Ho-hum. Well, we got over <laughs> to, uh, Winston-Salem, uh, I mean, to Durham, North Carolina and, uh, the first game we played was a team out of South Carolina State that had maybe two losses, and uh, we were fortunate enough to prevail and win that contest on a last-second tip-in. And then the next night we played Oglethorpe out of Georgia, and uh, that wasn't nearly as tough as our first game. Mm -hmm. And our guys got to feeling good about themselves. And then we go to Evansville and – uh, to play in that basketball palace it was back then yeah. in Robert Stadium and uh, good crowds and uh, the teams from all over the country. And it, it, our guys just began to get more confidence, more confidence, more confidence. And we were to play Southern Illinois Carbondale in the championship game. We'd played them twice during the regular season. Mm-hmm. They beat us at Carbondale. And I'm telling you, the last time we played them in regular season at the sports center, they beat us 20 points. Wow. And as he was walking out of the sports center, I went up to Jack Hartman, who was the head coach of the Salukis at that time. And I said, coach, <laughs> I hope we don't have to see you again. He said, I don't ever want to see Kentucky Wesleyan again. We beat them 20 and we don't want to see them anymore. And we played them in the championship game in Evansville and we had a grudge against them and uh, we were able to prevail. And yes, that game's going to always stand out in my mind. That's a great memory. And having to play team three times, I can see where they did not want to play Kentucky Wesleyan again. It's hard, especially if you have a good coach, good players. Beating a team three times in one year is almost impossible. And the other thing about that, and and Coach Guy Strong had forgotten it, I'm sure, but it wasn't until recently when I was chatting with him, and I said, Coach, did you realize in that championship game against Southern Illinois Carbondale that we used only five players the whole game? Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that. They played the entire game. You, entire you don't game. see that at any level no, anymore. No, sir. No, sir. Final score is 54 to 51. And it, uh, <laughs> we, I, I'm not sure how many reserves they used. Maybe two, maybe three. But we went with the entire five, starting five the whole contest. Wow, it is amazing. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So Remarkable. On the flip side of that, you've had a, a, just a completely wonderful career, obviously. Uh, is there... What would have been your saddest moment in sports as you were announcing a game? 
or or most deeply moving? The first one that comes to mind, and and this is so very very sad. Uh, we were playing Southern Illinois, uh, excuse me, Southern Indiana from Evansville here at the Sports Center, and uh, one of their players, a starter, uh, collapsed and died on the court. Oh. And, of course, we didn't realize it at the time, but after they had taken him to the hospital, uh, I mean, he just never recovered. And uh, that was an unbelievably sad moment. And uh, then another time was well before that when the University of Evansville had left the college division or Division Two, and had moved to Division One. I don't think we were playing them that year, but they had uh, a new team and a new coach, and we had a game at the Sports Center one evening. I guess it was a high school game, and uh, Kentucky Wesleyan graduate Ernan Simpson was an assistant coach at the University of Evansville, but he was not with them on this trip that they were going, I think, to maybe Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and mm-hmm. they were going to fly because now they were <coughs> the big time. And uh, Ernie Simpson was in the stands at the sports center and scouting the game at the sports center, the high school game. And uh, we got word during the broadcast that the plane carrying the Evansville basketball team had crashed and everybody, everybody uh, was lost. And uh, that was tough. That was tough because at least I knew some of the administrators and also their play-by-play man who perished in the crash. And, and it it was, it was really tough. And, and let me ask you, I mean, let me add this if I may, Uh, and I don't want to talk, talk your arm off. Oh, you're doing great. One, one of the things that, that happened and I'm still, I'm still hurt inside about this because it was 100% me. 19, oh, I can't can't remember the year now. The the last year we played for a championship Mm -hmm. under Ray Harper. We lost the game to uh, North, I think it was Northwest Oklahoma. I should have been a big boy, but I wasn't. After the game, walking out of the gym uh, down in uh, Lakeland, Florida, I saw off to the in the distance, the broadcaster, whom I didn't know, but he was going over the stat sheet and he was standing there with all of his equipment around him and he was ready to get on the bus, but he was looking over the stat sheet and it flashed through my mind, go over and congratulate them on winning the national championship because you know what it's like. Sure. I didn't do it. Oh. I didn't do it. Yeah. And today I kicked myself up one side and down the other. It's like, you know, what's going on with you, boy? You either win or you you just act like it didn't happen. And uh, I, I still have uh, still kicked myself you today know. about that. Be a man and go over and congratulate the bro- other broadcaster. Well, hind- hindsight's always twenty twenty, so don't beat yourself up too bad. But that that takes me into a, another direction. And and with everything you've done, if I ask most people what is going to be their saddest day in in radio history, it'll be the day that you announced your retirement. But uh, as you sit there now, looking back on your career, for somebody who is just trying to get into radio, starting anew, what advice would you give them? Wow, that's tough in this day and time because Mm -hmm. radio, as we sit here right now, is so automated. It's not 
like it used to be, and I know that's a off-the-wall statement, but everything back when I started, gracious sakes, uh, we took two of everything where we were going, two amplifiers <laughs> and two microphones and two sets of cord, and, and it, I mean, it was a real... It was a real moving experience. It really was. And, and uh, of course, they were glad to have you to come along to help them carry the equipment and <laughs> help get what we call set up. And uh, today, it's so much different. One man can go out and do the whole thing and, and have his amplifier and his microphone in a briefcase. And it, it's so much different. I, 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 I'm not sure, Mr. President, that I could get a job in radio today. Uh, radio was always my first love, and uh, I, we did some television here at, at TV2 and TV8 when we had the cable operation here, and uh, that was okay, but I still love the radio portion. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not, I, I guess one of the th ways you would get into radio today is make a pest of yourself. <laughs> Every time that you had the opportunity, hang out with the broadcaster or as close as you can be. And uh, hopefully sometime you may, they may give you the opportunity to get on the air and say your name. And uh, I, I, uh, any, any, guidance direction i can give today is just love it and stay with it as much as you can and as often as you can even if you make a pest of yourself that's all well i will say from the listening standpoint i don't know what type of amplifier you carry i don't know what type of microphone you carry and but it's a personality and i have no doubt that if you wanted to extend your career uh, you would you would have every opportunity to do so and my hope really is uh and not not putting you on the spot at all but but my hope is given your support for the college that you continue to work with us and work with our with our uh, students i think you have so much that you could show them and and so much that that would help guide them into a potential career of their own well thank you for that uh the, the interesting thing today is of course television and the internet and uh radio sadly has taken a back seat to uh, the broadcast industry, as it were, and uh, so it, it's it's a different field altogether yeah. in this day and time. It's it's a whole new ball game, as it were. Well, everything changes, especially over a career of sixty one yes. years. We are well over time, so Derek's probably going to yell at me. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Joel, for coming on the show. And and as with all my guests, I'd like to give you the opportunity to say the last word as we as we sign off. Thank you and. My my last words would be that God has given me the greatest opportunity of anybody you've ever known, anybody you've ever known. I've never worked a day in my life in broadcasting. Uh, I've been supported by my parents, by everybody that I've worked around and have received good guidance and good direction, and I hope I've been able to follow it. And I thank God for those opportunities. I certainly do. To sign off, as, as I do as I did on my mini broadcasts, I just want to thank everybody for listening and sincerely, may God bless America. I cannot think of a better way to sign off. To everybody out there, be good to each other and especially be good to yourself. Until next time, goodbye. 
The proceeding was a broadcast service of Kentucky Wesleyan College and WKWC. Cannot be reproduced, rebroadcast, or recorded without written permission by the show's host, WKWC, or Kentucky Wesleyan College.